The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and get involved with the show using hashtag TF Today. And now, on with the show. Yes, yes, y'all! From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Carrollton, Texas. It is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name is Greg Tepper. I am the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website to that aforementioned magazine. Thank you for spending part of your day with us, whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there, celebrating his 30th birthday, is Chicharito. Mm. Why would you do that? I mean, it's, it was either him or, like, Morgan Freeman. Well, lately, the news about him hasn't been great either. either or, like, way. a bunch of YouTube stars. We just don't have to do the birthday bit. We don't have to. We absolutely do. No, we don't. Um, we absolutely do. That's Not a, I, um, no. by the way, point of order. If you have seen, if you have not received your latest edition of Sports Illustrated, throw it in the garbage. Nah. Uh, they are trying to sell you. It's their World Cup preview, which I've actually read. I read. I flipped through. It's a pretty good preview, but the cover. It's trying to convince you to root for Mexico. Mm-mm. Let me tell you something. Mm-mm. Unless you have, like, genealogy Mm-mm. that draws back to Mexico, and even then, Mm-mm. do not root for El Tri. They're the worst. Root for everyone except them. Root for Peru. Regardless of all geopolitics, if you are a USA soccer fan, I tried to explain this to my father-in-law's neighbors. They're Mexican. They're great. We have dinner with them a lot. They're wonderful people. And they invited me to the Mexico-Croatia match mm-hmm. at AT&T. And I, I went. I went. And they're like, you're going to root for Mexico, right? And I was like, no. And the the wife was just crestfallen. She said, we're wonderful people. Well, you know, I was like, yeah. It's totally not agree. about your country. It's not about your people. I like the blue team, and I hate the green team. Mm-hmm. It's that That's simple. simple. It's now. It's, so here's now. Here's my question: You were in, and and they got you pretty good seats, if I remember correctly. Oh, it was a luxury suite. Yeah. It was a suite. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Here's my question: they were, You said they were playing Croatia. Yeah. Were you actively rooting for Croatia? No. Okay. I that's, was a neutral. That's how you split the difference. I was a neutral spectator. You just go, okay. You don't cheer. You don't boo. You just enjoy the game. That's what you do. It that's was, how you if do something, it. If something cool happened, wow. If something bad happened, huh. Right. You know, and that's it. But that was, yeah. But yeah. neutral, like a neutral fan is what you were yeah. doing. You were a neutral fan yeah. of the sport. But uh, but people don't get the, no. oh, you know, it has nothing to do with Mexico, the country. No. I like I Mexico. like the blue team. I hate the green team. Don't tell me to root for the green team because the blue team isn't playing. Just right. Just because, just because I don't like your team yeah. doesn't mean I don't like your country's food. Right. I'm going to have your country's food tonight. Right. It's going to be great. <laughs> anyway, today is Friday, June 1, 2018. 174 days until Thanksgiving, episode 566, 566, Gary Gray's OPS in the 
34 games with the Texas Rangers from 1977-1978. Not to be confused with the child actor from the 50s. Not to be confused with the British-born member of I Parliament. don't think anyone watching this show would have confused any not of those Not to things. be confused with the artist and TV host. Not to be confused with the former Cincinnati Royals basketball player. Not to be confused with the Australian Royals football player. Not to be confused with the recording engineer for Gordon Lightfoot. And not to be confused with the actor who appeared on The Cosby Show and was the voice of AJ on The Fairly Odd Parents. This is Gary Gray, the Rangers player. On today's show, guys, we are going to run through the most important games on the schedule for four more college football teams in Texas, SMU, TCU, Texas, and Texas A&M. We're going alphabetically. And the A&M one might not be the one you think. I don't know. I've got some reasoning. I've got different reasons for all these, right? So we'll get into that, the most important games. And then back half of the show, I want to talk about the biggest sports blunders. On the on it's a little fresh, don't you think? On the I, we're not going to mention that. Okay. Um, on the heels of J.R. Smith's, um, everyone uses that word that gets. That's also a word for a thing that happens to a man, and I don't like that. It's a yeah. very British thing, right? Yes. It's to use that yeah. to yeah. put an R on the end of what yeah. your muscles are wrapped right. around. Yeah. Um, I don't like that. It makes Let's just a, call it a brain fart. Blunder. Yeah. On, brain on fart. The, on, on the. Uh, after his brain fart last yeah. night in the NBA Finals, we're going to talk about the biggest sports blunders yeah. coming up here back after the show. Today is a special day around here, Max. It is. Um, so we, of course, put on fresh faces for you every day. And mm. we are joyous and happy all the time. Sure. Never upset. Yeah. Uh, but for the past three months, we've been working very, very hard. Uh, late hours, long hours. Um putting together the 2018 Summer Edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, the 59th annual edition of the Bible of Texas Football. This, in fact, so... Let me show you this. For the, for the, this box is entirely full of proofs yeah. that we have read. Yeah. Um, you know, we hear all the time from people, uh, oh, I, read, I get your magazine every year and I read it yeah. cover to cover, and I always tell them you are no, you a don't. liar. Because there are only now three people, three people who have who read, have read every page in this magazine. We're paid to do it. Yeah. Uh, but it is a it's a lot of work. And today, a little bit before four o'clock, we will send that puppy to press. Yeah. It will go to press. It will not be out for another like two and a half weeks. But we will send it to press. We will be done with it. It will be finito. We'll hit the big oversized red button that says go. And as a result, today is a very special day. It is Scotch and Pie Day. Yes. Uh, we celebrate, it's a tradition we started last year uh, with scotch and ice cream, actually. But we figured out that scotch and ice cream just didn't, it was, it was, there were two very different, like, palettes. And as a result, it just didn't work. So we're going to give a try to scotch and pie day. Uh, there is a bottle of 18-year-old Glenmorangie scotch sitting right over here to my left, your right. Um... And it is taunting me right now because it will be very, very good. <laughs> and then, Max, you are on the other side. You are, you are in, I was in charge of the pie. pie. Yeah. So what, what kind of pie we got? We went to, I went to Emporium Pies, which is the best pie place in a Dallas. Dallas institution. A Dallas institution. And I got the deep dish apple Ooh. cinnamon streusel pie. Ooh. And I got their most famous pie, the Cloud Nine pie, which that. you have to get, which is like a – Butterscotch cream with brown sugar and vanilla meringue. And amazingness yeah. on top of it. So today is Scotch and Pie Day. Uh, we will be very, very excited come 4 o'clock when we send this puppy to press. It has been a long, long journey. 
uh, and we are very happy to be here. I'm just most excited to quit thinking about work all the time. Yeah. Because all, all we've done for the well, past... Well, I've got bad news for you, buddy. So i got a project for you that starts on Tuesday. <sighs> yep. So enjoy Will we your... reveal the cover? We will reveal the cover. Oh, yeah. By the way, we should mention... And yeah, there might be a new website at TexasFootball.com on Tuesday. Oh, gasp. Um... We are off on Monday. We're taking the yeah. day off. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go see a movie by myself, as I usually do. So, uh, there you go. Happy Scotch and Pie Day. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon, except Monday on TexasFootball.com. <laughs> Talking football on the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Max, let's continue our series of looking at the most important games for each of the 12 FBS teams in the state of Texas for 2018. Of course, when we say most important, we don't mean toughest, and we don't necessarily mean the last game or anything. It means different things for different teams. I think it has a lot to do with what we expect from these teams. But the kind of core question that I was getting at when I was trying to determine what the most important game for each team in the state was, was... Which game's outcome will tell us the most about the direction of this team? About what this team will accomplish and be in 2018? For some teams, like North Texas, so we did yesterday. We said it was the Florida Atlantic game. Because we expect them to contend for a Conference USA championship. If they're going to do that, FAU's the king. And you got to mm-hmm. knock them off. That's a late-season game, but it has a lot of importance to it. There were other games... For Rice, we said the first game of the year against yeah. Prairie View A&M. Let's that see we, what's changed. That yeah. Show that things are moving forward, that times are different. So it's different things for different teams. So we've got four more today. Let's talk about the SMU Mustangs pony up. And here, this was a really interesting choice. I think you had a number of choices. First of all, I want to say this. I don't, I don't want to count out SMU in the American Athletic Conference race, but... Where I'm sitting right now, I see them as a middle-of-the-pack AAC team. I don't see them as a contender. I don't see them as a cellar dweller. I see them as kind of right in the middle, about where they've been the past few years. And so I think their biggest game comes right off the jump. I think it's September 1st at North Texas. There's a number of things that this checks off. One, it's the first game of the Sunny Dykes era. want to see what that looks like. Well, first game without all those key receivers that they lost from mm-hmm. last year, Cortland Sutton and Trey Quinn. There's that. It is a road game against a quality opponent. We talked about yesterday we expect big things yeah. out of North Texas. This is a road game against a quality opponent. And if you want to delve into like the bigger picture of it, I think that you could say that this is a really important recruiting game. Yeah. That SMU and North Texas are, in a lot of respects, going after the same caliber of kids. I think we all agree that SMU and North Texas are probably not going to be in the contention for five-star kids. Right. Right? They're going to be going for those three-star kids, and and, and they are benefactors of the depth that we have in this state, and especially around the DFW area. Well, here is head-to-head, right? And from a recruiting aspect, I think this could be a very big win for SMU if they can come come away with it and just say, "Hey, look, listen, we're the big dogs in DFW, you yeah. know, or at least in the Dallas side right. of DFW." In Dallas, TCU yeah. exists, right? But, TCU exists. Um, I would say that this is a very big game from a recruiting standpoint 
this is the kind of feather in your recruiting cap yeah. that you can put together. And I think that's yeah. really important. For well, it's also a good measuring stick for Sonny Dykes, right? Because yes. remember last year, North Texas had an incredible season, very yes. good season. SMU still beat them. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't close. It was a pretty comfortable win. So, you know, uh, under a new man, what's the difference there? Because yeah. we think we feel like North Texas is going to be pretty good again. Mm-hmm. So I agree. So, for me, it's SMU's first game at home, or I'm sorry, on the road at North Texas Apogee Stadium. Let's go to the other side of the Metroplex. Let's go to TCU, the Texas Christian University, Horned Frogs. And I think that the expectations for TCU are pretty clear. They expect to be in the hunt for the Big 12 title. I'm going to quibble with you on this one. Are you? Yeah. I think if you want to win the Big 12 title, it goes through the Big 12 champs, and you get the Big 12 champs at home. I think it is October 20th against Oklahoma. That is where they can say, guys, it's our conference this year. I, I think, think that this is the big game. This will be the, the you know, between this, depending on what you think of, like, West Virginia, Texas, Oklahoma State. Those are the games that, that uh, you know, those are going to be the teams that are going to be in the hunt. You get them at home. This is where you can make a statement. I bet it's a night game. I bet it's going to be prime time. I think TCU-Oklahoma is the big game for the Horned Frogs. But you have a quibble. I would just say there's enough question marks, especially at quarterback for TCU, that we're going to have a defining game before that that lets us know whether they're actually a contender going into that Oklahoma game or whether this is a step back year oh. because the offense just isn't going to be good enough. That's the only. Th- that's my only quibble. Well, do, you, do you have a game in mind? Not specifically. Okay. I would just say you're going to. I think their first three or four games are going to be a better measure of where they're headed. You know, it, it doesn't so, matter. It doesn't even matter who they're playing. Well, then you know? here you go. Then what you're going Southern. Okay, they're right. going to kill whatever. Southern. At SMU, they'll be favored, but right. you no know, iron skillet. Mm. Ohio State at AT and T. Right. Probably don't have the expe- the opposite expectation of right. Southern, right? But say they play Ohio State at AT&T and they get throttled yeah. because their offense can't do anything and it's clear they don't have an answer at quarterback. Then here's then, then here's what you're, Oklahoma's irrelevant. Then here's what you're probably looking at. Yeah. You're probably looking at the the Big 12 opener Saturday, September 22nd at Texas. Yeah. That would be probably your pick then. And if you're spinning at that point, yes, it's not great. I agree. But at the same time, you come out of there and you're 3 and 1 or even God forbid 4 and 0. For sure. Then right. it's game on. But I just that's I guess that's what I'm that's saying fine. is it'll be tough, especially because I think you can't assume that offense is going to be great. Mm-hmm. I just we don't know enough about the quarterback situation. Right. We really don't. Let's go to Austin to the Forty Acres to talk about the Texas Longhorns in the biggest game on their 2018 schedule. And there's a lot of places you could go. Maryland, of course, was the team that that upset them last year, and now they got to go on the road and play them. Um, they have a return bout with USC. Go with that. There's, of course, Red River. Yeah. All these games. Forget all that. The game of the year is September 29th at Kansas State. And you're thinking, if you, if you context-free, you're looking at this, you're going, Kansas State? Like, they're, they're not going to be any good. And yeah. I, I kind of agree. I don't think Kansas State's going to be very good. I think, they're a middle, I think they're middle of the pack. I think they're probably bottom half of the Big yeah. 12. That said, would you care to guess? I want to see if you know this. Do you know, in the Big 12 era, yeah. they have played seven games in Manhattan. In Manhattan. Yeah. Do you know how many Texas has won? Three. One. What? They are one and six wow. in Manhattan. Okay. This is an absolute I'm surprised. house of horrors. Yeah. yeah. Okay? Okay. 
if you're, you're Tom, if you're Tom Herman, yeah. okay, and your whole selling point is things are different. Yeah, well, things are changing. Yeah. Uh, you want to prove to yeah, everyone in in Austin that things are changing. Go on the road and beat a mediocre Kansas State team in Manhattan. I was skeptical. You have told me it doesn't happen. Yeah. It doesn't happen. Fair enough. It is a house of horrors for them. That is the most important game for Texas. They have to go on the road and beat Kansas State. And if they don't, then guess what? It's same old, same old Texas. Yeah. If they want to prove that this year is different and that things are turning, go on the road and beat a mediocre Kansas State team. One in six. Man. In, can't, in, in the Big 12 era. They're one in seven overall. They lost a game in like 1929. Finally, let's go to College Station. Hullabaloo, connect, connect. Let's talk Texas A&M. The biggest game on the schedule for them. Now, we've mentioned this before. They if you, have not, take, if you have not taken a look at the Aggie schedule for two, uh, the opener for Jimbo Fisher, welcome to the SEC, okay? <sighs> Their first four games. Northwestern State. Okay. Thursday night showcase for Jimbo Fisher. Yeah. Clemson at home. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Tough. Louisiana Monroe. Okay. Probably going to beat Louisiana Monroe. At Alabama. Okay, so in the first, and then by the way, they play Arkansas. So the first five games, Jimbo Fisher will face Dabo Swinney, Nick uh, Nick Saban, and Chad Morris. Yeah, the first three games, first five games. That's pretty tough. Okay, Woo. I'm not picking any of those games. Yeah. That's the most important. I game. see that. Let's just. I, I think it's pretty fair. I think it's a fair assessment from a neutral perspective to look at those first four games and say, okay, two and two. Okay, two and two. I don't think. I think it's. I don't think it's reasonable to expect them to lose to Northwestern State or Louisiana Monroe, especially at home. And I don't think it's reasonable to expect them to beat Clemson or Alabama. Nope. Because those are probably the top two teams in the country. Okay. Here's the game. It's October 13th at South Carolina. Okay. South Carolina, I think, is the second best team in the East. Okay. Behind Georgia. This is a road game. This is against a good team with a good quarterback, by the way, Jake Bentley. This is going to be a test. Their first in my, you know, aside from Alabama, right? Well, the, yeah. What this assumes really is that you are saying those bigger games at the beginning of the season can't really be measuring sticks because it's too much to ask. Too, too much soon. to ask too soon. It, Fair enough. They, they unfortunately those first four games are too far to either side of the spectrum. I get they're it. They're either too easy, yeah, or they're too hard, yeah. South Carolina is a game, if this is a, an A&M team that's on the rise, an A&M team that's going to finish in the top half of its division, yeah. they go on the road and they beat South Carolina. Yeah. And if they don't, kind of same old, same old, right? That's what we expect. So that is, for me, the biggest game for, for, South, yeah. for uh, A&M. By the way, it's right before their bye week. You know, If you wanted to say the game after their bye week at Mississippi State, I could buy that one too, especially yeah. because that's an in-division game. But for now... I would say that that is that is the game that I've got circled for, for as the as the where is Texas A&M at in the Jimbo Fisher era October 13th at South Carolina. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com, slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com, slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. TexasFootball.com, slash Insider, is where you can get your copy of the 2018 Summer Edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Go to TexasFootball.com, slash Insider. All the information there. Cover reveal on Tuesday. We will reveal the cover here exclusively. Tuesday, texasfootball.com.
Max, it's Friday. We got a lot of stuff to do. Mm-hmm. But we got to have a little Friday fun. And so last night, I was watching the National Basketball Association. There was a basketball game last night, Max, pitting the Golden State Warriors from Oakland against the Cleveland Cavaliers from Cleveland. And it was a great game. It was a wild game. A lot of fun. I am. I will say this. I am. Um, I am really. So I'm not. I'm not on Twitter. But during big events, I'm on Twitter right now. But during big events, I'll go and lurk. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was kind of, kind of keeping it open, kind of keeping an eye on it every once in a while. Last night's game was built for Twitter. It was built for Twitter. Yeah. First of all, I've, I've long said that I think NBA Twitter is better than the NBA. Yeah. NBA Twitter is elite. But there are two things. One, I'm really glad that I'm not an NBA fan mm-hmm. because it seems like, according to Twitter, you have to hate one of these teams. Okay. You either have to hate LeBron and the, and the Cavaliers or you have to hate the Golden State Warriors. Okay. I had people on both sides of that coin going out and be like, oh, you know, LeBron, he couldn't get done. Cleveland could get done. I hate LeBron. And the other people were like, I'm so sick of the Warriors, stuff like that. I think these are like two of the most incredible basketball right. teams I've ever seen, and right. I'm like super happy I'm watching. Yeah, I'm kind of with you there. So there's that. The other part of it is that there was a moment last night, late in the game, if you didn't see. Uh, it's now a meme forever. J.R. Smith, in a tie game, pulled down an offensive rebound in the final few seconds and apparently thought that his team was ahead. Yeah. So he basically dribbled out the clock when he should have just taken the ball, gone up, and tried to score. Right. Or at least tried to tried to put it up. He had no in, in, intention of shooting. Yeah. Um, he basically forgot the score. Yeah. His coach admitted to it. His yeah. coach, he forgot the score. They go to overtime as a result, and they lose. It is a huge blunder. There is now a meme of LeBron James like yelling at J.R. Smith. It's a great meme, and 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 Twitter's done a great. The internet's done a great job with this meme. It's a good, good meme. We can kind of all get behind. Yeah. Right. Right. Kind of harmless. Yeah. But it kind of brought up point of sports blunders. There are a lot of sports blunders that come to mind that that are the the biggest sports blunder. Let us know in the comments on Facebook what you think is the biggest sports blunder of all time. I'll give you a few got examples. A good crew today, so I bet they got some ideas. I, I a few examples that I can come up with off the top of my head. Leon Lett. I knew we were at it. We had to start with the Cowboys, didn't we? I mean, Leon Lett. His premature celebration against the Bills in the Super Bowl. Now, look, that ended up not meaning anything. Right. Because they killed the Bills. But, if you remember, Leon Lett scooped and scored a fumble, but got run down from behind by a guy who... Was it Don Beebe? Don Beebe, thank you. Um, uh, A guy who, he chased him down from behind, knocked it out, and I think went out the back of the end zone for a touchback. That was was one, the premature celebration. There's, of course, Chris Webber's timeout in in, uh, the NCAA final, at least in the final four, uh, for Michigan. Uh, He called a timeout in in a tie game that they didn't have which resulted in two free throws for the other team that ended up yeah. being for the win. Uh, do you count, let me ask you, do you count Andres Escobar as a uh, as a Someone blunder? mentioned Anthony Hill mentioned that in the comments. It's a good shout. That's just a sad story though. The it's sad just, story yeah. if you don't if you've know, never watched that documentary to the two Escobars. Whew, oh, you should. God. It's one of the best I've ever seen. So yeah. was that that was in the knockout rounds of the, of the World Cup, right? I believe it was the first knockout round. First knockout yes round. or Maybe it was in group play, and they didn't make the knockout rounds because Maybe of it. I can't I, remember. In, it in was any bad. case, Andres Escobar was a, uh, a, a soccer player for Colombia, and Columbia. this was the year. Columbia team. This was the year they for were, Colombia. They were yeah. a freak yeah. show. Uh, 
Yeah. And but they really disappointed and Andres Escobar scored an own goal that ended up costing them like basically their 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 World Cup lives and ended up costing him his life too. Yeah. Um but that there's that. Bill Buckner. Yeah. Bill Buckner's mm-hmm. up there. Uh Steve Bartman. Yeah. Like these names, right? You yeah. immediately know what I'm talking about. Um uh if you're into golf, Jean Vandeveld. Yeah. The triple bogey, where all he had to do was lay up for par, and yeah. he would have uh, he would have won, won the British uh, Open. The right? British Open, yeah. I believe. Um, We've got good ones. What? 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 what are Lehman the with the old school baseball. Fred Merkel didn't touch second base in 1908 against uh, the Cubs. The, Merkel's boner. They, yeah, they man. Hate that word. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I know it's Mer- it is Merkel's. Uh, Robert Wolf with a good one. Deshaun Jackson's early celebration Deshaun was a Jackson good one, dropped, which that, is still an epidemic. Oh by the gosh. way, this is still a problem. Players are still dropping it before they cross the goal line. And and I get it. Like honestly, what they need to do, and that's another thing that I I kind of loved about my experience with rugby this in this off in this uh, offseason. Yeah, is that you have to take the ball and actually touch it down. Yeah, and I feel like that. Like obviously that won't work in football because it's just kind of counterintuitive yeah. to what what the game's about. But, um. That is like if you did that, that's what you should do. If you are wide open and running free, make sure and just go spike it. Yeah. Run in the end zone, celebrate yeah. with the ball. I'd yeah. rather you celebrate with the ball than drop it on the one yeah. yard line. Yeah. What about Romo's drop snap? Uh, yeah. Is that a blunder? Yeah. Well, you're going in on the Cowboys today. I don't know. There's, there's that. Um, I mean, look, there is. What about the what about the play? The Stanford. Yeah. The band yeah. is out on the field. The band is out on the field. That's, that's one, one that's kind of nobody yeah. really is. In charge of it, I'm, I'm looking at this. Um, I love Anthony Hill's like, how about on Tim, Tin Cup when he put it in the drink? How many times? Six? Oh, yeah. Seven? Oh, it hurts Give to watch. It still hurts to watch. It was, on, it was on cable while I was working on the magazine at some point, and I watched that scene. Still hurts. Well, and listen, as a bad golfer, I've absolutely been there like playing with my dad. Yeah. Like, where it's like, you're out there, and you you tee off, and you hit it into the drink, and you're like, I'm going to yeah. take another one. Yeah. You hit that one in the drink, you're like... Yeah. Well, now I've got to prove that I can yeah. hit, keep it, keep it dry. Robert Wolf with another good one. Gary Anderson's extra point miss, or was it a short field goal? Either oh, way, my yeah. dad was a huge. My dad's a huge Vikings fan, and that was one of the saddest moments of his life. There was a John Carney one. Uh, yeah. John Carney's miss. If you if you've never seen the um, John Boyce kind of documentary oh, short God. that's just called No, it's about John Carney's next extra point, which. And he goes into great detail about apparently like what a great guy John Carney yeah. is and how right. everybody loves him and like how he was so consistent at extra points. Yeah. And this was like the one he missed. Yeah. Um I've gotta be honest with my own uh um fandom. There's two. Oh god. One from QPR. Yeah. John Gr- or uh, uh Robert Green. Yeah. Robert Green in, in the uh, against the United States in the World Cup in twenty ten? Yeah. Twenty ten maybe. Um, where he was the keeper, and he it was a, a real uh, a howler, as they say. Uh, and then, of course, my other favorite team, Texas Rangers, Jose Canseco letting a home run go off his head. <laughs> Jeremy Garza just came in with that one. Yeah, yeah. that was letting it go off rough. His head. You've got a few in your past. There's Buckner. There's Bill Buckner. Of Buckner course. predates me, though. It's yeah, fine. I guess that's it's true. fine. But, but I was Bill Buckner. I, I came in in '96. '96 mm-hmm. was my first year with the Reds. And Sox. like normally, I will say that um, people people may bring up when they think of the Rangers, they may think of like 2011 World Series in Game Six. Yeah. I don't think those were blunders. I if there was if there was, com- a, if there was a blunder, honestly, if, if we're getting, it, I don't want to get into yeah. it. But <laughs> David Freeze hits that triple on a one-two pitch. Yeah. 
And Naftali Feliz, for some reason, threw a fastball. I right. would have thrown three straight breaking balls. Sure. And if you walk him, you walk him. Right. But um, that's, to me, the only blunder. It wasn't a great play by Cruz, but it's a tough play. But I still think we brought this up the other day because of what happened with Liverpool. Mm-hmm. And it's just not the same. I mean, it's a bad – It's you know, you're like, eh, he could have thrown a different pitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, he shouldn't have had that, that guy in right field. Yeah. Those are just sort of tactical things that don't work out. Right. Blunders are a whole other thing. It would be like if the Rangers – had gotten down to one out and then balked in the tie game. Yes. Run. You tie, like, tie run. Or there was like an error that cost him. Like it right. wasn't an error. It like was a, a throw play. from second base yes. and it sails. Yes, and you're exactly. like, yes. Right. That. Something very simple. Yeah, something very simple. Yeah. Um, to me, those those are to me the, the biggest Anthony points. Hill with the uh, the Seattle pass on the goal line that uh, New England intercepted when Marshawn yeah. Marsh Lynch and was running people over. And that's the thing. Yeah. That's a blunder on the coach's part. Yeah. Like, that's again. That's a tactical thing yeah. where it's like you just didn't have to do that. You didn't have to do. That. Yeah. Um, I will say, like, I almost find near blunders more fun. Oh God. For example, yeah. Colt McCoy Ooh. throwing the ball in the 09 Big Twelve Championship game. And Mac Brown pleading with everyone. Yeah. To put one more second on. One second. One yeah. second. One second. Yeah. Where that should have cost them. Yeah. Like absolutely should have cost them. Um. I don't know. I find near blunders. I think because it has a happy ending and and like everyone's kind of <laughs> not like, happy ending for Nebraska. Well, I know, but it, but it has like nobody has to live with that for the rest of their lives. Right. Uh, that's kind of the that's, way that I think of. That's as think. we as we discussed, you know, some of these didn't end up being a big deal, but like on Saturday, Liverpool's keeper makes two horrific mistakes. Horrific. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even upset that we lost the game. I'm uh, I I'm worried about him. Yeah. He's right. got to live with that forever. Exactly. And that's kind of some of these. Bartman, I mean, you've heard the stories. You know, Buckner. Yeah, because here's the thing. It about, changes your life. Because here's the thing about Buck, yeah. uh, about Bartman, okay? I don't remember who was hitting him. I haven't Pudge. Uh, no, it was no. A, a Lou? Maybe. A, no, no, Lou was the was one in, in the field. Yeah. Um, somebody was hitting. Yeah. And here's the thing. That's obviously a foul ball, right? Yeah. That turns into a foul ball. Right. If he strikes out on the next pitch... Nobody knows C. Also, name. Also, double play ball right after, and Alex uh, Gonzalez dropped it. Booted it. Yeah. Booted so it. So let's... I mean, Steve I, Bartman... Someone yeah. said, I think, someone said Bartman number one. I can't put Bartman number one. Some of these were dudes on the field who just... Yeah. But, Bartman, you know... It's Bartman, not, the, the thing about Bartman... It's not that it's not, but it's, it's The it thing about Bartman one. and the reason that it goes so well with Buckner is because all it does was that it just continued... A, a narrative of right a about a team about yeah, a team yeah, yeah. it's like the Red Sox are cursed look yeah. at this Bill Buckner uh, yeah. you know uh, Wally Pip not right. Wally Pip um, um, Dent uh, yeah Bucky Dent Bucky yeah, Dent yeah. Uh, Aaron Boone yeah like it just continues this idea yeah. of like they're cursed yeah that's what the Bartman thing was most about yeah yeah so in any case that is our biggest sports blender J.R. Smith's gonna be up there man that's that's you can't forget the score it's not great. Score. It's not great. Of course, it depends on how this ends, but I think we know how it ends. Happy Scotch and Pie Day. We haven't everybody. wrapped it up, man. Oh, I'm sorry. Come I, thought, on. I thought those were final thoughts. Let's go to <laughs> final thoughts, Max. Come on. We got a million Sports. comments today. Yeah. A million comments. It's going to take me a while to get through all these. Yeah. Uh, shout out to everyone uh, just saying they're excited about the magazine. We're excited, we are too. too. Thank you. Uh, we really hope. Yeah. I think I will say this. This is my eighth magazine. And we'll have a we'll have all the details of it on uh, Tuesday when we reveal the cover here on Texas Football yep. Today. Um, this is my eighth magazine. This is my favorite one that we've done. Yeah, top to bottom, front to back. I think that this has the most exciting stuff 
in it. And I think yeah. you guys are gonna really going to like it. Right. So. Uh, as usual, we had someone complaining about us talking about soccer. I'll say what I always say. This show is free and the world does not revolve around you. Uh, let's see here. We said it's Texas football today. Yeah, right. Uh, Ruben Rios says, uh, one drink of scotch for each of Phil Danaher's wins. Pace yourself. I'm not trying to die. I am not trying That's to die. That's a lot I don't have scotch. 438 yeah. or whatever it is now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, good call, Ruben. Uh, I don't Rios. have that, and I, it's not that. Yeah. There's not that much. It's only one bottle of scotch, guys. Yeah. Ken uh, Widerski says, "Looking forward to the five A D one and D two split this season. No guessing and waiting on who goes which way." I agree, and I think there's a few teams that are going to benefit because they're not going to get stuck in a division yeah, they don't belong gonna be, in. It's going to be really yeah. interesting, and I think that I think that's right. Is that when you talk with coaches, the only thing that they really there are some mixed feelings on it. There's some coaches who really like it, some coaches who don't. But I think yeah. most coaches are happy that they'll know what their playoff path looks like. Yeah. You know, that there's no like, oh, we've got to watch this meaningless game right. to see who ends up getting fourth place so that we know where Alito goes. Right. You know what I mean? Things like that. Uh, Robert, Wolf, Robert Wolf says, how do you know I don't read the uh, magazine cover to cover? We don't. We just don't believe you when you tell us that you do. That's if all. you read, I will tell you what. If you read from the table of contents all the way to the to page 400, which is the private school index. Yeah. Like, we read the index. Yeah. yeah. Nobody reads the index. <laughs> Matt McSpadden says, by the end of the season, I get pretty close to reading all of it, which I buy that. Pretty close. I do buy that. Pretty yeah. close to reading all of it by the end of the season, I get. If you're That's a football months, junkie, yeah, like it's a months. great reference mm-hmm. for sure. I agree. Tony Blaylock says, happy national leave the office early day. We won't be leaving it early today because after four, we're going to hang out and chill, but it's kind of a good trade. He's going to the Woodlands State Qualifier Tournament. Nice. There might have been some pool stacking Ooh, in that one. Check out. Just Max throwing Thompson that out there. The absolute daggers. Uh, Robert Wolf also says, agree with you on the TCU quarterback situation. Uh, look, Sean Robinson could be great. He was awesome in high school. But I think it's unfair to put that expectation on him out of the gate. Right? It's, it's, it's yeah, tough. It's, yeah. I mean, he's he, he represents a question mark. And I think there's a good chance that the question is answered in a way that it is very positive. Right. But he's still a question mark. Yeah. And we have to treat it as such. Uh, Texas Bob says he's got uh, three buck, three books above his computer monitors here at the Texas Bob Control Center. His Bible, the latest Texas Almanac, and DCTF, baby. Uh, our good friend. new Texas Almanac. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Robert Wolf says, I have more faith in Jimbo than I do Herman. Fisher knows Clemson has dismantled Saban before A&M will be ready under Jimbo. Look, as always... We are optimistic. Dismantled Saban. Dismantle is a hilarious way to talk about that. A little strong. Uh, I agree. Look. I think Jimbo's awesome. Hopefully Jimbo's great. That's good for us. I want to cover national title contending teams. That's what we want here. I think asking that out of the gate is insane. Dude, wouldn't it be awesome if Texas got a team in the playoff? What if A&M went to the playoff? How dope would that be? Oh, I want that so bad. Anthony Hill said, hey. ULM shocked Alabama at home. Don't count any game out. Fair enough. That is true. I was against Saban, I think. That was like Saban's like yeah. first game. Yeah. It's oof, oof. Anyway. And uh, uh, hey, Russell Wilburn says, have a great weekend, guys. Heading to Tarkenton High for my daughter's graduation. Congratulations, congratulations Russell. Congratulations to all the, con- all to all right. the grads, by the way. A lot of grads going Seriously. out today. Uh, so congratulations to all of them. Uh, we're very proud of you. Now get a job. Help the economy. Right. 
That's and buy one. a magazine, please. Yeah. That's going to do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Remember, we are off on Monday. We will be back Tuesday with the exclusive cover reveal of the 2018 Summer Edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. So follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Vince Young, please meet your player of the year trophy. We'll see you Tuesday on Texas Football Today. 